BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. For today's current mood combo, I am joined again we have a repeater, a repeating guest, because she was so amazing, Meredith Feynman. She's a best-selling author, speaker, entrepreneur, writer, podcast host, and woman's advocate. So she is the author of Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. It was published by Penguin Random House in 2020 of June, and it's an Amazon bestseller. She's also been mentioned in outlets from the New York Times to Fast Company and, of course, (laughs) Mood. You know what I mean? So I had her on the podcast back in the pandemic. So if you haven't listened to that, it's obviously available. You'll see it in my many podcasts from the past year. It's all about bragging. And she really breaks it down. And it's really inspiring, especially if you're someone who's kind of like uncomfortable talking about yourself. And we wanted to kind of get together and just chat and have another conversation and just dive more into the art of fearless self-promotion, but not only in general, but obviously after we've all been through a quarantine, a pandemic, life has been crazy. We'll get into all of it. It's such an amazing conversation. No matter what job you have, we really kind of like dive into all the different parts of whether it's asking for money or just asking yourself to be kind to yourself and learn to hype yourself up and be proud of yourself and have a healthy amount of pride. And it's really inspiring. It actually kind of takes the stress away of talking about yourself. I felt better after we spoke. So it gets a little deep into my own issues, but I think that you guys will really, really relate to it. So sorry about that, but I'm keeping it in the episode because she gives amazing advice. And I feel like even though You might not be in my exact situation. You might be as insecure as I am. So you're welcome for that, exposing myself. I think you guys will enjoy it. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. I'm sitting here in my mom's room with my dogs. And for my best mood, I mean, obviously, you guys know that I moved back to Chicago. I'm super excited. And my best mood, it's not happy because that would be too easy. I have a better one for you guys. My best mood is it all feels right. And what I mean by that is it's layered because I moved back. It feels so good to be back. I don't have an apartment yet. I'm living at my mom's house and it doesn't feel weird. I don't feel like I'm away from home. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. So that's good, right? On top of that, I'm extremely happy. I'm around my friends and family 24-7 now. It's amazing. I have this amazing work-life balance that is attainable now because I have a life. I don't just have work. So that's amazing. But the best part about the best mood is I do believe in signs. And I believe in 
God and this universe and all this stuff, right? And so a few months ago, I was reading the book I actually told you guys about last week, which was The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. So this is me now second week in a row telling you to read it. It's an easy read, and I think you'll really love it. And she says in the book at one point, and I'm going to be rereading this book because I didn't, like, I read it a year ago. I need to read it again. But anyway, she says in the book that, you know, you kind of, like, pick a sign and you tell the universe and you're, like, you, you don't, like, look for it. You just tell the universe and you pick your sign And when you see it, you know it's right. She tells a story about how she picked a sign. She actually wasn't really seeing it. And then finally, when all this stuff with buying a house was falling through, she finally sees this sign in the house and on a license plate. And so she says, pick a sign that, like, comes to mind. I'm, like, one of those people that has really bad when someone's, like, the first thing that comes to your mind. And my mind just, like, goes black. It's, like, there's – I no longer have a brain. So I'm reading this book, and for some reason, I couldn't think of a sign, but I knew her sign, and that really stuck with me, right? And so I always kind of like joked in my head that like this thing was my sign and I never really saw it, obviously. (laughs) And like I tried, but I didn't put too much effort into it because like, you know, if you see a BMW and you think of a BMW, you're going to start noticing all the BMWs around you, right? Like that's kind of like the basic law of attraction. So picking a sign is more like you're not really attracting it. You just kind of like put it out there and then it just shows up. And I kid you not, I get motherfucking home and I am driving in my Uber And I noticed, and it was an owl, I noticed this big ass owl on the street and it just clicks immediately in my mind. I'm like, oh my God, wait, that's, wait, an owl, that's crazy. Like it just felt right. You know what I mean? It's not like I was looking for it. I knew that I decided if I saw an owl, it meant something good, but it was weird because it was like immediately I saw the owl and I just had this like warm and fuzzy feeling where I was like, huh, like maybe that is a little sign from the universe. Then I'm driving home. I get home and I'm looking with my mom for something on the computer. And for some reason, I've never noticed it before, but her icon on her computer is an owl. So I'm sitting with my mom and I just kind of like giggle to myself. I'm like, wow, like that's, that's weird. And then I like go in the living room like the next day and there's this fucking owl stuffed animal. And I was just like, Wow, like, I don't know if this is a coincidence because, you know, you can call it whatever you want. You can believe whatever you believe. But for someone who just made a big fucking change, hadn't seen this goddamn owl since she picked it as her quote-unquote sign, and all of a sudden, I see all these fucking owls in the first 48 hours I move here, and I'm already feeling happy. It was just such a mood booster. It was my best mood. It just feels right, you guys. I feel ecstatic. I feel like I made the right decision. And I still have a lot of work to do on myself. I still have a lot of mood boosting to do. I have a lot to figure out, but damn, it feels fucking right. And I can't complain. I really can't complain. I feel happy. I feel like I made the right decision right now. Remember, right now, today, you are allowed to feel good. It's okay. Every mood passes, whether it's bad or good. So when I'm in a bad mood, which was my bad mood this week, I was so anxious. I haven't had this much anxiety in a really long time. And I think maybe that's because I've just had low energy. And then sometimes instead of getting anxious, it's like that kind of peak stress. You know, we've talked about the stress curve before on the podcast. And when you have that peak amount of stress, you're really productive and you get a lot of, you get a lot done. But this was more like fear, fear of the unknown, catastrophizing, and also just anticipation. And so it's, I get a ton of anticipatory anxiety 
so I was extremely anxious like the couple days before I left for Chicago, like when I got back, even though I'm going to tell you guys my mood boosters that really, really helped. It's still that like physical anxiety, that kind of just like on the edge, anticipating and just really feeling it. And, you know, obviously I'm ecstatic. I'm happy. Every best mood comes with the worst mood. Every worst mood passes and comes to a best mood. So I can't complain, but my anxiety has been really bad. And it's something too where your body's telling you, okay, I'm protecting you from something. There's something that you need to work on and you need to notice it. Think about it logically and think, okay, what, what is my anxiety trying to protect me from? What is my anxiety telling me? Let's break this down. Let's make this logical. Let's figure out my mood boosters because, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And I think just to quickly add onto this worst mood, and I think we can dive into it in another podcast, I think I feel a little just, I don't know, almost just like bummed. And I'm just going to leave you with this. I feel bummed sometimes that I have mental illness. I think it's just, it's a bummer, you know? I'm like, I can't believe there are people out there that don't have extreme anxiety or that are extremely prone to depression and I think it's it's for someone that's in an anticipatory phase I think the natural catastrophizing thing for me to do is catastrophize how I'm feeling when I'm anxious and think damn like I'm gonna have anxiety for the rest of my life and it's something that I have to deal with and that is the negative fucking Nancy victim version but I know if you're someone like me you can relate to it and you feel like you're a fucking warrior because you deal with it week to week And we're probably going to have to deal with it for the rest of our life. But, you know, that's just a small, worse mood. And you can't focus on that stuff. You can't. You have to live one moment at a time, which is actually one of my mood boosters. But first, I want to tell you guys about this company that I recently discovered from my esthetician. And it's called Solowave. And I started using their advanced skincare wand a few weeks ago and honestly now like I can't imagine my life without it like I've noticed this huge difference in like the texture and the brightness and the radiance of my skin and and what I really really love about the solid wave wand is that it implements four different skincare technologies okay so it has the red light therapy and it has the microcurrent which is backed by decades of science I literally love red light therapy and microcurrent so much and this little tool is oh my god you you guys have to search it after this because it's so cool looking and since it's backed by science obviously you know it's not a gimmick you can rest assured that what you are using on your face has been tried tested and approved by tens of thousands of happy customers myself included it's super lightweight and it's portable, so you can literally just throw it in your purse or your carry-on and take it with you anywhere, which is what I did last week. So get your skin summer ready and use my special code at checkout to get $30 off for a limited time only. Just go to mysolawave.com. That's M-Y-S-O-L-A-W-A-V-E.com and enter the promo code MOOD. Trust me, you do not want to sleep on this. It's a real game changer. Okay, so for mood boosters, like I just said, it's really taking things one moment at a time. Because I think when you're going through a lot of change, we're all coming out of the pandemic, I think it's really easy to have that anticipatory anxiety, future trip. And what I keep telling myself in my mind, and I'm getting to, there's a next level of one moment at a time. And I'm going to do a podcast of it next week. I think I might do a solo episode. But the first step is genuinely taking everything one step at a time, one moment at a time. Sometimes you have to break it down that small, not one day at a time, because then I'll maybe start thinking about later in the evening or tomorrow. Like that's how bad my anxiety can get. And I just have to remind myself one moment at a time, one moment at a time. I get very stressed out when I look at clocks. So I look at the clock and I just say, oh, you know what? It's not that bad. 
time either flies if you need it to feel like that or you have enough time. Either way, one moment at a time. That's what I just keep telling myself. Take a deep breath. I even closed my eyes earlier today and just kind of ground yourself for a moment and then know you have to take the next moment. It's very simple. It's very easy. It's free. And it really, really helps me. My next mood booster is routines. So I've never really been a big routine person. I've gotten back into it. And I think that like, I kind of told you guys a couple of weeks ago how it's like you just have to execute, like no matter how you're feeling. And so I've really kind of implemented that into like the week that I've been home because this isn't vacation. Like I moved, you know what I mean? And obviously moving is stressful, but really keeping up those routines really, really keeps you sane and boosts your mood. It's, I mean, I'm sure there's science. I'll go figure it out for you guys. There's definitely something about routines that is like has to be stimulating or dopamine producing or something because it just it really makes me feel like I have my shit together on the inside and on my body right so just in my own personal environment like literally just me my suitcase is everywhere but guess what I'm showered I did my skincare I dried my hair I got a workout in I took the dogs on a walk I can't say that word too loud because they'll think we're going again I took my dogs on a WALK. Like those are the routines that are mood boosters that you have those little moments of pride, but they also like physically really help you. They make you feel good from the inside out. And so those routines have been really helpful to kind of not just feel like I'm regressing as an adult and like moving back in with my mom. Like I have my shit together. I wake up, I go to the gym, I work out, I come home, I take care of the dogs, I shower, I feel good. And then my shit's all over the floor, which is okay. It's balanced. You can't have it all. But the routines is a huge mood booster, especially getting my ass to the gym. I mean, I have, I have rarely worked out in Chicago. Like I could probably count how many times I've worked out in this city and I've lived here before today. You know what I mean? So it's creating these new routines, finding the old routines and just really like keeping your shit together. Not on a crazy level, but enough is a mood booster. And then I got to say, my last mood booster is this pair of A Goldie jeans, like just to like kind of mix it up real quick. Holy crap. I finally splurged on one pair, like one more pair because the other ones were so baggy. And oh my God, they literally are the most perfect fit in the world. One of my girlfriends was wearing them the other night and I was like, what jeans are those? She was like, they're A Goldie. They're literally the ones you told me to buy. I was like, right, 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 right. That's why I like them. And I wore them out. I wore them on a date. And like, let me just tell you, mood booster, I felt like a cutie, bo booty, patootie. Find yourself a good ass pair of jeans and wear that one pair all damn summer long. Someone asked me if I washed them yesterday and I was like, um, they're jeans. I don't need to wash, wash them. Get off my back. You know what I mean? So definite mood booster is like feeling like a cutie patootie in my new A Goldie jeans. I will link them on Instagram, obviously, because they're going to be the jeans of the summer. Like they're, they're going to be the only thing on my body um, when it comes to denim. And I just felt cute and I don't feel cute right now. And I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about how I wish I could feel cute. But let's continue the podcast, shall we? What I'm actually doing after this is I'm going downstairs to get my HelloFresh box. And, like, I'm not even fucking joking. Like, hand on the Bible, I swear to God. I literally got HelloFresh delivered to my mom's house because it's super easy to switch your, obviously, subscription and delivery service. If you don't know what HelloFresh is, um, you live under a rock. That's hilarious. It is uh, America's number one meal kit. It's home cooking, made easy, fun, and affordable. So basically, HelloFresh cuts out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. It's perfect for a busy schedule, which I'm like way too busy to even go to the grocery store, especially now that I don't have a car. 
And just because I'm living with my mom doesn't mean she's cooking for me, you guys. Like, I have not seen her in three days. Like, she works. You know what I mean? Like, this girl's got to take care of herself. And HelloFresh's fresh ingredients are sourced directly from growers and delivered from the farm to your front door in under a week, contact-free, of course. So that's what's downstairs waiting for me. And I know I lived in L.A. for a while, and it's like having my own home-cooked, healthy stuff just is kind of like that little mood booster that I need to keep the routines, like I said, but also just, like, you know, make sure I feel good from the inside out. I've been using HelloFresh literally forever. I'm so excited for the box downstairs because I'm going to cook it for dinner tonight because my mom is ditching me again. And I just love it. It's such a mood booster. I've learned how to make so many things. There's so many recipes that I would never even try, but HelloFresh makes it so easy with their little like step-by-step recipe. I'm a visual learner, so that's really, really helpful. And it just, it's like literally so easy. And like maybe uh, I'll get an apartment and date someone and have HelloFresh delivered and then like, cook for them and they'll think I'm really good at cooking and maybe I'll fall in love. So that's why you should get HelloFresh. So you guys can go to HelloFresh.com slash mood12 and use code mood12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. You can also watch me cook HelloFresh on YouTube. I'll be vlogging this week as well. So make sure to go to HelloFresh.com slash mood12 and use code mood12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Okay, guys, I'm going to bring out Meredith. We are going to have a great conversation. We talk about a ton of different things. I think you guys will really enjoy it, like I said in the beginning of the episode. So let's just jump into our current mood combo. And the current mood combo is self-esteem, brag better, you got this, we got this, woman got this, who run the world, girls. Enjoy. We have Meredith back on the podcast. I'm so excited because we did, when did we even do our last podcast? It was like fully during quarantine, right? I mean, so as of when we're recording this, it's almost the year anniversary of the release of Brag Better, Master of the Art of yeah. Self-Promotion. Yes. And um, so it was that's, definitely like a year ago. Yeah. It, it was almost a year ago. Um, and many things have changed and many things have not changed. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I'm excited to talk sort of everything I've learned. And I think that like mood listeners can can help glean from doing this stuff over the past 15 months, uh, whether it's releasing a book or figuring out how to brag better in COVID. That was sort of yeah. at the beginning of that. But, you know, I have a lot to say also about going back to flexible work and how people feel about that and how people feel about themselves in general after being inside for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like such a big mood in general and we were kind of chatting before we started recording and it's like I feel like obviously I definitely want to know what you think has changed but even just knowing that we were talking today I was thinking yeah of course bragging better has always been something we need to focus on professionally especially as women and you know that obviously and it's now I'm thinking okay well I don't even know how to brag about myself when I leave the house like I don't know socially dating professionally there's just this big kind of mood of like this isolation that's really affected everyone's mental health which in turn kind of affects how you think which affects how you talk about yourself and so I think that you know we learned so many great tips and tricks from you of like how to brag better in the sense of getting what you want in the career sphere and a bunch of people lost their jobs and a a lot of people want to switch jobs and are just going through this like self-reflection of oh, maybe I want to change my life. I I keep saying, oh, you had a mental breakdown during COVID and you just uprooted your life, like same. Because it's just, so it's like, I don't even feel like I can brag about the decisions I've made personally in my life in the past few months because 
I don't even know how to brag about myself anymore. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on to kind of maybe see how, if you think like I do of how it relates to all these different factors in our lives. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's done a number on everyone. I feel epically grateful that I had the book to work on and to release during COVID, which I first came up with the idea in 2013. And when like my book was supposed to come out in May of 2020, it got pushed to June because literally like Amazon was prioritizing medical supplies and Mm. it was a huge exercise. My background is in PR. It's this idea of sort of being your own best publicist for your work and yourself and your career. Um, but I first was sort of catatonic and then I was like, okay, you have waited too long, um, for this to finally fucking happen. So you're just going to make it work. Um, and I did, I've launched boot camps, done paid speaking, done tons of press, you know, just from my living room. And it was a test of sort of my skills there. But, um, when it comes to thinking about how we, which for anyone that didn't hear the original episode, I'm the author of a book called brag better. I use this word bragging basically to encapsulate the practice of figuring out how to talk about yourself and your work. So you get what you want professionally. Um, my audience, the qualified quiet people that have done the work, but don't know how to talk about it. That is irrespective of gender and irrespective of level of seniority. I have these self-promotion conversations with interns and with corporate board members. Um, and I think one thing I've really noticed, there've been two major, maybe even three major themes that have come out of lots of reactions to the book and questions. And first of all, we've all been tremendously isolated. So I, I can get into sort of what I've learned and and talked about and sort of seen there, but Mm. there's a lot of imposter syndrome going on um, because you're just by yourself in a vacuum, like a literal vacuum. You've been completely isolated. I, and I'm actually very anxious about going back to, you know, stuff. I was, you know, I got used to being in my hole. (laughs) Um, And And I'm like, I, you know, I got introduced to someone and she was like, Oh, let me know when works for coffee or a drink. And I was like, I'm not meeting a new, who are you? I don't know you. Like, uh, no. Yes, exactly. It's like, it's, you know, we have to brag better and we have to get back out there, but we've been isolated for so long for people that like, don't fully know, like, do you have like a good kind of like definition of imposter syndrome? Because I feel like it's a, a word that's like thrown around a lot. And it's, I, I think that maybe everyone has a different idea of it, but I want to really just like define it, especially from you who works with the qualified quiet. Can you like define those things for people that maybe just yeah. have an idea, but you're obviously and I'll explain, explaining it. I'll explain how they're related because I want to highlight okay. sort of the three most frequently asked questions I've gotten over the past 15 or a year yes. and then yeah. throughout COVID. So, so one is the imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is just this idea that you're actually secretly a fake and everyone's going to find out that you have no idea what you're doing. Um, right. You know, a lot of these things are sort of fake it till you make it. I want people who have done the work, the qualified quiet, but don't know how to talk about it to figure out how to talk about it and not feel like someone's just going to figure out that you have no idea what you're talking about or that you're bad at your job. Um, and that's related to sort of a fear of bragging and a fear of self-promotion because it's about putting yourself out there. It's about being proud of yourself unapologetically, which also as a woman inherently is a radical act to just not apologize for being cool with yourself and what you've done, whether that is professionally, whether that's with your body, like there are lots of different things there, but you know, people say to me, what if I brag too much? I think that that's related to 
imposter syndrome in that the fear of not being good at your job and everybody finding out and the fear of bragging too much, people who brag too much or blow hard or obnoxious, quote unquote, which again, those are judgments and it's a sliding scale. And then people who worry that they're bad at their jobs are, it's actually a signaler that you are worthy of praise and self-promotion, but it's also a signaler that you are good at your job. So Mm. people who, who do brag too much, aren't worried that they're doing that. And then also with imposter syndrome, nobody who is bad at their job is usually like worried that they're bad at their job. So it only, right. it tends to like, it's, it's a layer of self-awareness. That's that what I was going to ask. Yeah. It's, it's related to self-awareness. Um, and I would say that's something I get really commonly, you know, common question in whether I'm training people or, I, you know, I'm talking to them or that's just like, you know, what does it have to do with imposter syndrome? And, and we all feel it. I mean, the fear of putting yourself out there in general is universal. The fear of being proud of yourself is universal, particularly for women. I mean, the idea that you would be just cool with yourself, um, when you're being fed so many messages about how to improve in every single way, Mm -hmm. uh, is going to feel a little foreign. Did you find that like, um, almost not the self-awareness, but like the self-esteem, even for people, because obviously, you know, my career is online. And when you're bragging about yourself and an entrepreneur or just anything, not even just quote unquote an influencer, you're really obviously putting it out there on social media and stuff. Did you find that maybe over COVID, since the only way to really get out there and connect was social media, that people that almost changed like the self-esteem and what they thought they had to do and just affected kind of maybe... Because usually it's easy. You go out and you get drinks and you talk to someone and you network and you have these ideas. And now everything you're being fed is like strictly from your phone because you're straight up not leaving your house. So how has that affected kind of the people that have read your book and are kind of trying to brag more and move in the sphere that they're working or just living in? Yeah. So, you know, my work is based around helping people who know their stuff let other people know those things because Mm -hmm. nobody knows what you've done until you tell them and they won't know. You have to tell them, you know, it's not bragging. It's simply stating facts. Um, I use a word that is unpleasant because I've been a freelance writer for 16 years and I'm also, you know, run a company and I I looked into all the language and that was sort of the best we had, which was just emblematic of our lack of structure around these sorts of things. But yes, um, it has become abundantly clear and I wrote this free extra chapter last year, but it will be baked into the, um, the brag better workbook, which right now I think will probably be called the qualified quiet workbook or handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to figure that out, but I want, there's so much I've learned over the past 15, you know, 14, 15 months about, um, how, how important it is to promote yourself online, which I was always very pro before, but I just right. remember when the book came out, like I had a whole section on handshakes and I'm like, I'm never shaking someone's hand again. Like I was at right. one of my first functions as a vaccinated person and I, someone stuck their hand out and I think I said like, Oh, I'm not shaking hands, which is fucking awkward. But I like was just like, no. <laughs> um, and you know, so the argument is not only do people not know what you've done until you tell them, but right now you can't drop by your boss's office. You, you just have right. to be extremely explicit. I always tell people to blame things on me and say, you know, oh, I was listening to, you know, someone talk about professional development. This girl wrote this book. And so, you know, open an email to the powers that be, whether it's a boss, whether it's someone you work with, whether it's a client and say, you know, I want to make sure I'm communicating my wins to you. What is the best way to do that? Can we take mm-hmm. 15 minutes every two weeks? Because... I, I, the pillars of bragging better are proud, loud, and strategic, but the fourth, Mm -hmm. which is here to stay is explicit. And 
I've had lots of conversations about the future of work, which is what I want, you know, this workbook to include too, is, is how we're going to have this blended model. There's no way it's going to be five days a week in the office. So how are you going to temper the need to do this from behind a computer screen, but also how can you use it to your advantage? I mean, I've been talking to a lot of people about that as well. And particularly college, when I do college age, you know, conversations, um, some of this can be an advantage and that you're on your home turf. And if you're an anxious person, like you can wear what you want on the bottom, you can sit in an area of your house where you feel really powerful. You can eat your favorite snack beforehand. You control can control a lot of more fact, a lot more factors than you ever could. And I really feel for people who are either applying to college, applying to jobs, and you can't be in the room. But if, right. but that also levels the playing field of people who are just so sparkling in person that they've like now, now it's sort of an even playing field. But what I'll say is a lot of people are having a really hard time with the self-esteem piece, mm-hmm. um, just in general, um, when it comes to having been inside and having had no interaction or feedback you know, if you've been in an office always, or you've been in an environment with other people, you're in college, like, and you know, I know your audience varies, but, um, it's been a blow to a lot of people as have, has like job loss and, um, building that confidence back up is going to take time. Quick break to talk to you guys about article. Did I just buy outdoor furniture for my place in Los Angeles from article? Yes, I did. And I used my own promo code. But guess what? Just because I don't live there anymore doesn't mean I'm not going back and I'm sitting on those little chaise lounges, okay? You guys can check out one of Article's newest outdoor looks. It's called The Garden Terrace. This is a hand-picked series featuring laid-back, elegant designs for outdoor lounging, dining, and more. I mean, lunch in the garden? Yes, please. And I actually am getting an apartment, so I'm going to need patio furniture. Oh my God, Article, why are you doing this to me? Why are they the best? You know why they're the best? Because they combine a curation of boutique furniture with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. It's way too easy, you guys. Oh my God. Article's team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They're inspired by a a variety of modern design aesthetics like mid-century, Scandinavian, industrial, and bohemian. So there's really something for everyone, but it's also timeless. And their prices are my favorite thing. They're fair. You save up to 30% over traditional retail prices because Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. So no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. So you're going to be like, oh my God, this is actually like really affordable. And the shipping's amazing. And it's so easy to buy with Lauren's code. And then you're going to be like, is it going to be nice? And yeah, it is because they just cut out the middleman. So it's really good furniture for a fair price and they have fast affordable shipping available across the usa and canada and it's free on orders over 999 dollars if you want to have a cute home like me and you're obsessed with home decor like me article is offering my listeners 50 dollars off your first purchase of 100 or more go to article.com slash mood and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout that's article.com slash mood to get 50 dollars off your first purchase of 100 or more back to the podcast you know it's so funny i wanted to read you this text because even just like as someone that you know always wants to like give good advice right which Mm -hmm. is me I'm referring to myself (laughs) um I literally got a text right before this from a girlfriend saying I don't know what to do I'm very sick of being underpaid and I feel like it's making me bitter but I have so much flexibility with my job right now that it's so ideal for summer and so we're all like start networking reap the benefits like I was like work on your LinkedIn like people are hiring but it's going slow and like you know I have another friend who's like I got a different job offer but should I should I tell my boss and it's just like so interesting that it's so 
like, you know, like none of these people are quote unquote entrepreneurs. They're just in the workforce. But every single person I talk to is underpaid or, you know, mildly unhappy, nothing crazy. They're not like me who decides to move across the country. But I, you know, part of me is like, okay, what do I, what is my advice to them then? Like, what do I even say? Like, I was like, refresh your LinkedIn, start networking. I don't even, I don't know anything about that, (laughs) but that was my advice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk about money. I don't think we had time in sort of the last one. I always wanted the follow-up to brag better, to be brag better with money because I was not able to delve into brag, you know, asking. So when I talk about bragging, it's showcasing your work in order to move your career forward. So maybe that's a raise, maybe that's an internship, maybe that is a bigger project, maybe that is just your boss valuing you, maybe it's coworkers understanding what you do, maybe it's outwards and you want to be on a podcast and start one or whatever. But it's intrinsically tied to money because what you're asking for is recognition. So praise can be in the form of just recognition or that recognition can mean money. It's the same thing. It's just a different currency. So I've been having a lot of money conversations with people and I'm happy to drop some knowledge on that. Um, because it's been a really rough time for everyone. Yeah. So every woman I know is underpaid. Um, And if this is not only for entrepreneurs, but what I will say first, every woman I've ever spoken to who's an entrepreneur, um, triple your rates. You can blame it on me again, but that is, it's, you know, it's not science. I need to do a study, but everybody I would say could triple their rates. And I don't know what it is. It's not double, it's triple. Um, and just sort of like looking at the marketplace and looking at what people charge. So it's okay. You know, it's not your fault that you're undercharging. We're taught to undervalue ourselves and it's hard to put a price number, you know, price tag on what you do. Um, but baseline, I would say, you know, triple, triple, triple your rates. So, um, that's the first thing, but let's talk about jobs and money and raises. So people ask me all the time about raises and I do a lot of sort of negotiations coaching. I love to argue about money. Um, and I always want to impart what I can to other people. Having these money conversations are really hard and scary because you're not doing it all the time. I'm doing it on behalf of my writing and my clients and my speeches right. and my boot camps. It, you know, the money piece, getting comfortable talking about money is mostly about exposure. Think back on how maybe your family handed, handled talking about money. Maybe they didn't, maybe they did. That always has a huge impact. Um, but when it comes to raises, anyone that tells you that a company is a family, um, it's not, it's a business, it's a job. Mm. Um, it's a little bit different if you work for yourself, but the only way they really, you know, show value and care about you is through money. It is not through extra vacation days. It is not through, a beer tap. It is through money, period, full stop. Um, so I just coached someone recently on asking for a raise. Um, and I, I just end up doing it like, because I enjoy it and I can impart a lot of knowledge, but a negotiation and a raise ask and asking for more money is a dance. But if you don't ask the answers, always no. let's start there. Like for your friend, I'm just like walking through the steps. So I would, my first questions for your friend would be like, what are you currently being paid? What do you want to be paid? Um, where do you fall in the market and doing some market research of like what other people at your level are like, are you underpaid according to the market? So this person I'm talking about was underpaid according to the market. Um, 
was really bringing in a lot more value than she was compensated for. So one thing I talked to you, like when you're just talking about money, when you're talking about getting more money for yourself, you stay away from anything, any feelings. I feel like Mm -hmm. this would be fair. No, you talk about basically your output, not matching the input of compensation. Mm -hmm. So we would start with statements like, um, you know, you keep it in numbers and you're making a business. What you're, what you're doing is making a business case. It feels scary and it feels personal because asking for money is not something you practice unless you do work for yourself. Um, but that's the first thing. Now it's not fair for me to say like remove the emotion from it because it's inherently emotional and we add a lot of emotion into money. But so what I would tell your friend to do is do the market research. Okay. Let's say she's underpaid. So then this ties into bragging better and that I have, I have a chapter on salary negotiation, but it's not as much as I'd want to talk about. Um, cause I didn't have that much space, but, uh, so I would make sort of a case study uh, so that you can also point to it because a negotiation is also a conversation. It's not just a, I want this. No. Yes. So if she's underpaid, okay. Making the case, showing all the work you've done and saying things like, I want to have a conversation with you about compensation. Don't say, I want a raise. I deserve a raise. I feel like I need a raise. It's not fair. It's no, you are outperforming what is the proper compensation and you are bringing in more money for the company and you should be compensated as such. Mm -hmm. So for this friend in particular, you know, so, so I had her put together like a one sheet on everything she's done also in case she got nervous so she could refer to something, but also it's a good look to say, here's a PDF of everything I've done. You know, you want to set yourself up for success. If you get nervous, we, you know, you practice these conversations, but you open it with saying, you know, I want to have a conversation about compensation when works for you. Now, one thing I'll say too, is to understand that often the person you're asking for a raise from is not in charge of signing off on that money. That's rare. So, so they're also uncomfortable. Nobody likes to have these conversations. Sometimes I say things like, you know, nobody wants to have these conversations, you know, have to do it. We have to do it because then they are anxious about asking for more money from their higher ups. So that's one reason why this can be so uncomfortable because that person is not usually in charge of the money. But so it's saying, you know, I'm managing this team. I really like working here, but right now the output is just totally outpacing the compensation I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, typically in a negotiation, you don't want to be the one to throw out the first number because they could throw out something much higher than you ever thought to throw out. Right, um, okay. <laughs> but you don't have to answer right away. So like, let's say your friend makes $80,000 a year and she wants to be making $120,000 a year. Um, I always say, ask for more than you want. Um, Cindy Gallup, who in the book talks about like saying the most you can with like laughing, but I, what you want to do is you want someone to make, to think they're getting a deal. So she said, okay, I want 140. Then you, it it feels like they're winning and you're making a concession by saying, why don't we meet in the middle at 120, which is then you get, you get what you want. I mean, I could talk about this forever and ever, but those are just like some baseline things I would be thinking about. Yeah. I think the also like the market research and putting that together, like that was kind of almost 
I, you know, kind of my thought process with the whole like LinkedIn situation is like really like reflect on what you've done in the pandemic. Cause obviously, you know, the past year has not been a time where anyone feels comfortable, especially asking for money. Cause everyone's either losing their jobs or companies are going down and all that stuff. And I think now we're kind of back on this track of, okay, things are opening back up. People are working again. People are hiring again. And you have to remember just because, you know, everyone's been through a hard time and it's been a crazy year. Like you've still, you still have your self-worth and you still are, you know, talented at what you do. You still were that same person, just you've grown a lot. I think that there have been horrible things that have happened in the past year, but there have been a lot of silver linings. I mean, you, you even said you've learned so much in the past, you know, 15 months from releasing a book in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, it's really stuck with me too how you said you were vaccinated and you someone went in for a handshake and you said no thanks because it's you know that kind of relates to because you know I I mostly brag better online I don't I don't feel comfortable talking about myself in person I just don't I think I'm Lauren Elizabeth online and I'm Lauren in real life and you're getting one or the other and (laughs) I I think it's this interesting time where people don't even know how to hug or shake a hand or like go out on a date and go out and network and it's just like what have you learned from the past 15 months that relates to kind of what we've been through in this isolation period yeah one thing I'll say about raises is a lot of people ask me about that at the beginning of the pandemic you Uh know I don't think it will ding you if you did it just puts sort of that in there um and a lot of these companies still have a lot of money for them to kick you $20,000 more is nothing to them. So like, I, you know, I would also think about that too. Um, you know, unless you're working for a teeny tiny individual that has gone bankrupt, like, you know, your company can spare an extra several thousand dollars, like for the most part now, whether they want to, or, you know, being on the other side of this, as someone who's hired people, but also what I want people to think about is I'm going to try to get, anyone's going to try to get the best talent for the least amount of money. Um, and so they're kind of also expecting you to negotiate somewhat. There are lots of conversations about women in negotiation and whether that penalizes them or that doesn't like, I think you got to ask for the money. Yeah. This, this whole time has thrown everyone for a loop. The number of women it has taken out of the workforce, particularly working moms is just horrific. Um, one thing I'll say though, is I'm in Washington, DC. Um, most people think I'm in New York. I don't correct them. Um, I spend a lot of time in New York and LA for work. Um, but, but, um, it was just always a lie that you had to live in New York or LA to be in the game. I think that is something that I've learned over the pandemic and it was an ableist lie, which I mean that for people who have disabilities that prevent them from leaving their homes or need assistance with, you know, watching something or reading something or listening to something and whether, you know, there are a million factors that make it difficult for someone to make a meeting, like you can now be in any room that you want. It was a lie that it's like, oh, you don't live in New York. There, I remember, you know, earlier on in my PR career, there were people who would pass me over for firms in New York. I'm like, well, I'm better and cheaper. So that sounds like, you know, a you problem. But <laughs> everyone has realized how much things also still work virtually. Like right. now there's a whole conversation about how like the American infrastructure has failed us that like we were supposed to just pretend like nothing was happening and like everything was crumbling, but we had to like work at a 100. Like that's crazy. Um, and it exposed every flaw. 
um, just in sort of our healthcare systems, our economic systems, our support systems, our childcare systems. Um, so, I mean, we're all kind of emerging. I love it because I feel like I'm awkward and that's like part of my, part of my shtick, but you know, now everyone's socially awkward. Um, but I don't know. I'm curious, like I would love to dig in, which you don't have to, if you don't want to on the, like bragging better IRL piece and, and for you and, and, and what makes that difficult for you. I'm, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's like, I think so much is already online. Right. And so it's already so front facing and it's so there. It's almost like, you know how you said, you know, people aren't going to know your work unless you tell them, which is why a lot of people have to brag in their jobs. But it's like, mine is just out there, like for anyone to see. So when I'm with someone in public, it's like, it's almost that piece that we were kind of talking about earlier. I I don't want to just talk about myself when all I do is post about myself and you can go look at it and I'm going to look like this person that's obsessed with herself. And in reality, I'm socially awkward and I hate myself and I cry myself to sleep. So like, let's talk about something else. And I think it's almost that piece of like, let me level the playing field and show you, no, 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 I'm not like what you think I am from having an Instagram and having this job. Like I actually am like way more chill and cool. And like, let me prove it to you by being self-deprecating and like not hyping myself up. And, like, showing you how humble I am. And that comes with self-deprecation and, like, being quiet and not really doing that stuff. And, it, you know, it's, it's been funny because I really don't talk about my work to anyone. And when I was home over the pandemic for the first time, I, I worked from Chicago. And I had to take calls. And my friends were in the other room. And they like fucking pause that TV and they were like, this is the most entertaining thing we've ever listened to. We've never seen you in action. Like this is fucking sick. And I was like, what? Like I had, you know, I had no idea. And so I think it's, I, I think it is, there's also this little part where I think we're all more, at least in my group of friends and we all have a wide range of jobs. So it really represents a lot of different categories and we're all more comfortable talking about our jobs and what we are to each other, right? We're like more vulnerable in that situation. It's just when it comes to that extra piece of like going out and like seeing people and networking and going on dates and all that stuff, I don't want to brag about myself. I'm out here dating and meeting new friends and people and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm a piece of shit. How are you? My name's Lauren. Like that's about it, you know? What would happen if you said, you know, I'm Lauren, I'm a podcaster and influencer and uh, you know, I do a bunch of different things, which I'm proud of. Would you just like fall in? It's funny because like, if, if we weren't recording this podcast right now, obviously I'm leaving it in because that's what I do. But I would, I would literally tell you it's because I'm embarrassed. I think it's embarrassing. I think that people, there's this big imposter syndrome of, I don't have a real job. My job isn't respectable. Like I have this, you know, it's just, it is like, it's that. So I'd rather dumb it down so that people see that I'm self-aware and I understand how they might perceive me and we're on the mm-hmm. same page. Okay, you so know? now I'm now I'm treating you just like a straight up client. So sorry, now now I'm interviewing. Oh god, um, here we go. <laughs> but okay, so so embarrassment. What's I, that word stuck out to me? What's embarrassing to you? What what about what you do is embarrassing? I think the the front facing aspect of it, the look at me aspect of it, you know, mm-hmm. the like cute photo that I have to take. Like, I don't take photos in public. I, I don't want people to see me taking photos. Mm-hmm. Wow, maybe I have some real fucking issues. Holy shit. 
No, like, I mean, this is what I do with clients who, you know, individual clients, or I've launched a series of boot camps, which I can talk more about, but, but no, I mean, this is what I would do with any individual client. You're so not alone in, in how hard it is to talk about yourself that it's what I do for a living. I wrote a book on it. So I, right. I want to also just, you know, show rather than tell for a second. So from my understanding is it's embarrassing to you because you feel that you have a job that is not respected, which I understand. So, so you're, you're afraid that people will look at you and be like, Oh, she's just this dumb girl who posts bikini photos and like how embarrassing. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But so you know, what it is interesting? Cause there's so many people that, you know, admire like young, younger women that want to be influencers and want all that, this stuff. So I, I, I do think it's interesting because I'm sure there are people that, you know, maybe want to promote themselves online and, you know, I, as a smaller form of this embarrassment because the internet and people are crazy. Yeah. Well, so it, we can stop at any time if I'm making you uncomfortable, but. Oh, no, no, no. No, but what, but I want to, I'm not done with you yet. So, uh, <laughs> so, so what would be wrong with my thinking, oh, she's just a dumb girl who posts bikini photos, me as some random person in the world who, I mean, we're friends and we know each other, but like, let's say I'm a random person who thinks that, um, you know, people are going to have their, I have a lot of things to say, but people are going to kind of have their judgments, but you know, we deeply undervalue the work of women. We belittle the work of women. We want your body to look amazing, but if you use it to make money, then that's a problem. Um, you know, I'm curious, you know, your work not only is valuable to you, frankly, it doesn't matter who thinks you're smart or who thinks you're dumb or who thinks your, you know, photos online or X or Y or Z. Um, I don't want you to miss out on potential opportunities because the the thing that people don't know about influencers and someone like you too is, I mean, you've made a lot of money, you've made a name for yourself and like a lot of people end up being jealous, but also like this is the new creator economy. If you ask young people what they want to be, they want to be influencers. So, you know, you've built a veritable business. So I guess I'm I'm curious, um, what would be what it would be like for you to present yourself that way in front of people, um, in a room. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, I even, I kind of like did it last night where I, I really, I was on a date and I, you know, I'm in Chicago and it's a different space. It's, I don't, I don't even know if it's more embarrassing or less embarrassing in LA, LA or Chicago, you know, cause, cause like everyone in LA does it and understands it. And then no one in Chicago knows as much. So I'm like, which one's more embarrassing that I'm a part of the big group or that now I'm like not have, don't have a normal job like everyone else. But I did it last night and I don't know. Part of me is thinking like when you say it's so short and sweet like that, that it almost takes less energy to just be honest mm-hmm. and say state the facts which like you said is bragging is just stating facts and it almost would take less energy and I don't have to put all of this energy into like uh, to, uh, uh, like uh I do this and like this and it's like let me hype myself up really quick and then like tear it down really quick and like meet in the middle it almost sounds less stressful to just simply and shortly state the facts so maybe it wouldn't be that bad but I think the problem with me and the reason why it makes me uncomfortable is because I am deeply insecure and and that makes me defensive 
Mm-hmm. And so it's like a defense mechanism. So I'm protecting myself no matter what their reaction is because it's going to affect me because I'm not confident enough for it to not affect me. You know? And that's totally fair. So one of the reasons why self-promotion and talking about yourself unapologetically is hard is it's an act of vulnerability. And so what you're trying to do is insult yourself before anyone else can. Um, exactly. And, you know, thinking about how you do introduce yourself or what you say you do, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a podcaster. Um, you know, I'm what some people might call an influencer. Uh, I do a lot of, you know, online work. Um, and, you know, like playing it out, I always, I always have, I have this thing and I wrote in the book too about nightmare question. Like what's the, what is the deepest, darkest thing? So maybe the deepest, darkest thing is like, Oh, like you think you have a career because you post pictures of yourself in a bikini on the internet. Now, I don't know if that's it. That's me being an asshole. But what I'm saying is that's what I think you think, which is, which, which some people would say, okay, but here's when you look at it, you're not some person with 5,000 I mean, you are a major force with millions of followers in different places. That doesn't happen unless you have the actual follow through the business savvy and the like entrepreneurial skill set to carry that forward. There are lots of people who want to be doing what you're doing, but they can't actually make a living doing it. So the quote unquote influencer conversation is someone like you, you know, who you've done the work you may as well, I mean, and you are reaping the benefits, but I'd love for you to reap more of them in saying like, I have built this career. Yeah. People have things to say about influencers. It's not always pretty. It does make me insecure, but I have built a small empire based on it. And anyone who looks at those numbers, who looks at the engagement, who looks at, you know, you do clothing collaborations that sell out. Like those are all like, you're, you're an entrepreneur running a media company, I guess you could say. And you know, the feelings about bikini shots are mostly just misogyny. Um, but I've heard this influencer conversation, but when you get to a level of influence like yours, you can't argue that it is a strong, successful business. I almost uh, need you to like write that down on a note card. (laughs) I will. I'll type it out for you. So that I can use it in real life. And I already had the thought of, Okay, I need to do an intro in this episode and be like, you guys, I'm so sorry that she's bragging on my behalf. It's not about me. You can use it for you want because like it's it's just ingrained in me. But I do. I, I really do. I, I'm always that's a part of my. Um, but and for you, it could, le- you know, if you're in these networking scenarios and say, oh, I did this collaboration. Oh, I did this collaboration. There are probably people who would be like, oh, we should have her work with our, you know, whatever the things you really right. want to be working on. You know, we've spoken about like maybe doing a book, you know, like things like that. You know, I can tell that you question your own intelligence, that you, and then it reinforces itself by the fact that you do certain things, but not all things based on your appearance. And that is forever in, in conflict for women. Right. Um, we want you to be beautiful and appealing, but not too beautiful and appealing. We want you to be smart, but not so smart that you're intimidating. Um, and a lot of women feel this way. Yours is extreme because of how visible you are and, and because of those intelligence things. But just because you take photos of yourself in a bikini doesn't mean you aren't smart. And, you know, just because, you know, like there's, there's forever that inner play. I think that, you know, 
it just shows confidence and a level of savvy that you've been able to turn some of that into a major career. And like, from what I understand, like I joke about wanting to be an influencer because mostly I just like free shit. So if anyone ever wants to send me free shit, like please send me free shit. Don't worry guys. I sent her free shit. (laughs) She also sent me free shit. Nothing has made me so happy. Oh my God. Full size face masks. Um, I'm, I'm very easily bought. Um, but, but what I'll say is, you know, women and intelligence and value and beauty and perception and the internet and criticism are all just like part of patriarchy, which, you know, is, is, but, but despite that, you've been able to create a media company and a serious, you know, in several income streams. Um, and that's business. That's a successful business. And so I also don't want you to miss out on opportunities because you can't say that in a room with someone. And like, that's what I care about for everyone that I work with and the people that read my book and the people that just look at the things I do is you got to tell people what you do, but also they actually might want to champion you. I mean, you walk into these spaces thinking people already discounted you because of the way you present yourself online or X or Y or Z. But frankly, you don't know what people are thinking. And when you do insult yourself first, you're not allowing someone to give you an opportunity. So if I met you somewhere and I said, oh, you'd, you know, I'm working on a Brag Better podcast, like, like, oh, maybe she'd be a great guest or, oh, maybe, you know, we could do something together or X or Y or Z. If you walk up to me and say, hi, I'm Lauren, I'm a piece of shit. Like it doesn't make me want to, um, champion you. So it's tremendously hard work. I, a lot of this is pot and kettle. I, you know, wrote the book on it, but also have a lot of, I don't have imposter syndrome. I just like sometimes, you know, feel like a piece of shit. Um, and like, I haven't done anything and like, Oh, I can't believe I don't have, you know, a quick follow-up book or I don't have X or Y or Z. I mean, comparison is the, you know, thief of joy, but, 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 you know, you're missing opportunities by not being a cheerleader for yourself, but it's hard, hard work. Yeah, I think it definitely is. I think it's something that, you know, no one's really talking about, but is extremely important after coming out of this isolation period because it's affected everyone's self-esteem and mental health so much that it, you know, that's who you are. And the only person who can champion you is you. And if you're not well, how do you do that? And it's like, yes, we can focus on the little things of coming out of a pandemic, but champion, championing yourself out of this stage is, I think, extremely vital and important. And so I think I think what you need to do, not to put pressure on you, but I think we need to get that workbook going. I know, so I know. we can do that next. You know I what I know. mean? Like, I know. Like, we all have work to do. We are getting and back you gotta, into the workforce. You, you got to work around that, that shame and embarrassment of people. You're not dumb, yeah. Lauren. If you were dumb, you wouldn't have built this. Thank you. <laughs> like y- you wouldn't, I mean, there's a tension, but what really makes that into money, into success, into visibility is an ability to carry it forward and a work ethic and an understanding and a savviness. Um, so, so I, I, I wouldn't discount that. I mean, I understand the judgments that people have about influencers, but the jokes on them, like this is the new economy. This is how we pay attention. This is how, um, people make fuck tons of money. Like, sucks for them just like get with it or get lost you know what i mean just let's everyone get on board the ship's leaving the dock but um thank you so much for coming on the podcast i feel like this is such a good mood booster for all the women listening to this podcast who you know need to start making moves and getting back into the swing of things and 
Is there a like if obviously if they haven't read Brag Better, you're gonna tell them where to get it. But is there kind of just any final thought in place we can all go keep up with you so we can continue to remember to brag better about ourselves? Yes. So I'm Meredith Feynman. I'm on the socials everywhere at Meredith Feynman, most active on Instagram. Um, You can buy my book, Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion, wherever you get books. Um, Books are also expensive. You can request it from your local library. Uh, I have finally launched uh, Brag Better Boot Camps, so you can finally work with me in a group setting for yourself or for your company or for your company. And think about asking your company to pay for it. Um, Men wonder how someone can pay for something and women ask how they can pay for it for themselves. So um, figure out how to open someone else's pockets first, I'll say, but there are professional development budgets for that. Um, And I will say, you know, being softer with yourself coming out of this. If you don't want to shake hands, don't shake hands, figure out where those boundaries are. I know you talk about that a lot. Um, and when we talk about bragging, that can just mean like you take a second and tell yourself that you did something great or you call your friend and tell them, or you write it down on a piece of paper. Um, you know, some of my clients want to be pushed on stages and that's not necessarily where you can begin. You can begin anywhere. Um, and, and it's just cultivating, a culture of healthy pride, but, um, it's also about understanding that the system, particularly for women and how they talk about themselves is stacked against you. So, um, and you probably deserve more money and triple your rates if you work for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everyone goes out and asks for a raise after this. Thank you so, so much. And I will hopefully be on your podcast soon and yes. you're officially a, repeat, a repeating guest. So if you, if you guys have questions, make sure to DM at mood with Lauren Elizabeth at Lauren Elizabeth at Meredith Feynman. And we can always hop back on whenever you guys need us, AKA need Meredith. So just go to our <laughs> podcast. Bye. <laughs>